but um, yeah, so be it. So be it. But uh, we got Mikey, Mike, Hello. Mikey, Mike. Hey, Mikey, welcome, Hi welcome back from that 35, 40 second break that we had. Hiatus to figure things out. Our hiatus. Yeah. We um, we talked about a few things. We talked about Ghostbusters toys, which are awesome. Yeah. So uh, we also talked about the Oilers, mm-hmm. who are doing really well. And so excited. And we'll find out at the end of tonight if they are going to be first in the division or will remain second in playing San Jose Sharks. Yeah, man. They are playing the last place in Pacific Pacific team. The team that is on the Pacific. Yeah. Vancouver Canucks. Absolutely. With those two weird fucking clones. Mm-hmm. Their small mouths. They, grow, they creep me out, man. The, the Sedins will always creep me out. Yeah. I'm they're... just not a huge fan of those guys. No, I mean, I, I respected the hell out of them when uh, they were going up against the Bruins in the playoffs years back. Yeah. Uh, but then I lost respect, not just be, not f- because of them, but mostly because Vancouver destroyed the shit out of their city because they lost. Man, like, what a what a brutal fucking way to go. Yeah. It's like, have a huge riot. And you can say as, as much as you want, you know, like, the people that were doing that aren't real fans. Or you could say it was just a whole bunch of fucking idiots that were from Vancouver that, that yeah, just came out to, city. to be a-holes. Yeah. Hey, a-holes, let's go just set our city on fire. And granted, I mean, like, the the, the stick could be pointed at the Edmontonians, too, when we were in the playoffs last round, mm-hmm. and uh, everyone was kind of uh, hanging out on White Ave, and, you know... That turned into a fucking gong show. Yeah, and uh, props to the cops. Yep. Props to the cops. How they uh, managed to actually kind of get somewhat of the control on that first night and then yeah. they, they corrected it for the other games afterwards. Yeah, let's let's not be douchebags if we do really well this year. Yeah. It's been a long time and I mean like we're just be be respectful, man. Like some guy who owns a store on White Ave that he's busting his ass mm-hmm. on to make payments for, don't kick his fucking window open and steal guitars for no good goddamn reason. Like that guy, he's not he's not a millionaire. See, and it's going to be a different story this time. And, uh, you know, in speaking with some of the police uh, just uh, doing security in the last little bit, that uh, they're actually going to be shutting down. So it's it's not just going to be White Avenue. The, the big powerhouse is going to actually be on Jasper Avenue this year because, um, well, uh, Rogers Place is now downtown. Yeah. And uh, they're shutting down a portion of Jasper Ave because they're anticipating it's just going to be an absolute circus. So. It's going to be a gong show out there, huh? Yeah. A gong shows, a gong shows, mm-hmm. and uh, I know that you have a gong show you would like to to rant about a little bit. Oh, man. Speaking of sports, speaking of speaking of Mike, what what happened on Friday? Ah, uh, some really really disturbing news. Uh, now hold on, full disclosure: I am not nearly the football fan that you are mm-hmm. at all, and you're like with you, you're really into it. Yes, so you are well versed on what happened. So I'm going to be a spectator. I'm going to let you rant your face off. I'll do the best I can. I, I mean, I don't want to get, uh, you know, get in upset because then I'll... Uh, get in trouble. Get yeah. upset. Lose it. Snap, Mike, snap. So, the Edmonton Eskimos, like, I mean, I've been a very passionate uh, Eskimos and CFL fan, you know, since I was a very, very young boy. It was, it was uh, you know, instilled upon me at a young age uh, from, you know, my, my dad and, you know, my mom liked it very much. And so, our family grew into it for sure. So after so many years of me being so very excited for the Eskimos, as a result of what happened on Friday, and I'll get to that in a second, I'm not all that excited for this season. Oh, like, man. I'm a little bit heartbroken. Really? And the, so basically what has occurred is that um, the general manager of the Edmonton Eskimos, ex, now ex-general manager Ed Hervey, was relieved of his duties. Um, and not just relieved, he was fired from the organization. Um, and it wasn't a football move. Yeah. So the reason why it occurred is um, our friggin' moron at the top <laughs> of the Eskimos, Len Rhodes. Yeah. I'm sorry, Len. Um, if you ever happen to hear this, I, I absolutely want you to know you're, you're a complete 
garbage piece of fucking shit. <laughs> and, and you told me to unleash. I'm unleashing. Len Rhodes, you are fucking garbage. Um, you released someone that brought the Eskimos back to glory. Hmm. Someone who, in, who absolutely had brought out the Eskimo spirit of old. Oh, yeah, man. City of champs. City like, of it champs. It really it felt that way with these guys. Yep. And uh, he, he always had that attitude, once an Eskimo, always an Eskimo. Yeah. Uh, being, being prideful in the organization. Um, he brought that spirit back at Hervey did. So you're saying it was like pretty much like a complete political move? Like what happened there? What was going on? So what happened is um, Len Rhodes felt that Hervey was not playing it up with the media quite as nicely as he could have been. And not just himself, but Hervey was, uh, you know, allowing his players to kind of um, keep a bit of a distance from um, media. Yeah. And and with, with specific details uh, leading towards the incident last year where... Um, the absolute ridiculous gimmick that TSN has is miking up players. Mm-hmm. Now, now this is when they put a microphone in the helmets. Yep. Yeah, let you hear what the players are saying and thinking. Exactly, and not just that, but the head coach too. Okay. So a big issue with this. This is already not to not to get off. This is already done in the CFL or NFL a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's and, a big deal with them. And the real fans aren't seeming to be a big fan of this. I mean, for myself, I want to watch football. I don't give a crap. Yeah. About you know what these guys are saying. Well, on I don't the want to see that blue highlight around the puck nope. on fucking Fox the games. Con- yeah, that's yeah, that comment. didn't last. I mean, Fox is a joke for many reasons. That was you know adding to the list. Yeah, but uh, with regards to this, the miking up. I mean, sure, you know, like some people like hearing these guys uh, during the game, but one of the reasons why you don't want that is because if you've got your quarterback and you got your head coach who are doing play calling all throughout, you don't want to be giving out any of these signals potentially mm-hmm. to the other team. It makes sense. It's yeah. strategy. So the head coach, as well as um, quarterback Mike Riley, declined to do the mic'd up for the episode they were supposed to. Yeah. The CFL took action and warned them that if they did not do it at a future date, they would be fined. Really? And Ed Hervey supported this. He supported the fact that you know his coach was you know um, going against it for very good reason. Yeah. And obviously, uh, Mike Riley did not want the attention on himself. He's there to. You know, he's there to throw the ball. Yeah. And, you know, to There's a distraction. Exactly. It's a huge distraction. Yeah. And so that that played the biggest point in it. And, um, you know, Hervey, Hervey is a, uh, all there for his players. He yeah. understands what it's all about. The players love him. Um, his coach loves him. Um, and then he got canned for it. So it really it seemed a like, a, like a father figure. Like, he really kind of yep. had that about him. He always dressed really well. He didn't come out wearing just, like, tracksuits and shit. Yep. Like, he's the kind of guy who takes care of his team, and he, he's he's uh, like a mentor to these guys. Absolutely. He's been around a long time. And when they're underperforming, he'll call them out on it. Mm-hmm. When they're doing amazing, he'll give them the love. Yeah. And that's that's the way it should be. And, I mean, as me, as like a like an every now and then fan, like, even I can see that. Yeah. Like, even I can see that in interviews and whatnot. That, yeah, he that, that's what he does. And, and uh, you know... You, you look at him and you know he was bleeding green and gold, and he gets let go for it. Yeah. And in the press conference from uh, Len Rhodes, mm. um, he was he had the gall to say that you know winning a Grey Cup is not enough. No way. That actually kind of is the ultimate. You yeah, fucking joke of that's the end day. of the road, man. That's what you want to do. You want to kind of win enough to where you bring the ultimate prize of your profession back to your city. So how is that not enough? It's not like they're you know. You know, taking children out of the stands and hanging hanging them in front of their stadium as warning to anyone who would come. <laughs> you know, it's that's pretty dark, Mike. It's pretty dark. <laughs> that's like Christmas I mean, Lion shit. 
but I mean, that that's kind of the point is that, you know, like, what do you expect? You know, yeah. like the players, they'll talk to the media, they do their thing and you're mad because they're not mic'd up. Like, yeah, get a grip. That's bonkers. I mean, how much, what are we talking about with the fine here? Is this like, are we, are we, is it a major fine for the... Uh, decent enough. And uh, I believe Jason Moss took his fine. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, you know, and that's fine because Jason Moss is the same as Ed Hervey. Like, they're they're cut of the same cloth. They bleed yeah. green and gold. They're, they're very happy and proud of the organization. <laughs> and um, so they definitely support each other. And, you know, the players, you know, when Ed Hervey took over, um, he took over from, you know... A general manager that was a convicted pedophile. Oh, that's right. I forgot about Eric him. Tillman. And, you know, that put a really you know, black eye on their organization. Well, and where was Tillman before that? Because that's where all that happened. And then we brought him over here. He was in Saskatchewan, right? Saskatchewan. Yeah. And then he came over here and uh, he put on his mark on the team by trading away our franchise quarterback. Yeah. For basically a bag of pucks. Yeah, that's, uh, that was Ricky Ray. Yeah? Different sport. Yeah. Yeah, so Ricky Ray got traded away. And no disrespect to Grant Shaw. Because uh, Grant Shaw is one heck of a kicker. But yep. you don't trade away a Hall of Fame quarterback for someone that does a really good job of kicking, yep. but it's not the same. Yeah, it's not nearly nearly the same uh, impact on the team. Yeah. yeah. And so after all of that ridiculousness, you got a guy like Ed Hervey, who uh, in the first year, you know, they don't make the playoffs, mm-hmm. but he improves the team quite a bit. So he's just, you know, he's getting his, uh, his, his, his rebuild, stamp man. on the team. Yeah, it's a rebuild. And then in the next year make it to the Western Final. The year after, they win the Grey Cup. And then this past season, they make it to the Western Final once again. So I think that he's doing a pretty good job of putting this team together. Yeah. And then they can him for a non-football move. Clearly, Rhodes and his cronies haven't a clue how football works. And it is absolutely upset. If you read any of the social media, any of the sites, and even some of the professionals that have weighed in on this, yeah. they are they're they're shaking their heads and not sure why the heck this would have happened. Well it seems like it's it's all really everybody feels the same way you do. Like there seems to be a real backlash towards it. It's not yeah. like um, you know, a few guys are saying, Well, you know, if it's for the betterment of the team and then, you know, you're the guy who's mad about it because you like this player or yeah. you like this manager. It's like you generally you you generally are are voicing the opinion of the internet right now. Well, and I mean, reading through, you'd get one in fifty comments of someone that would say, "Oh, great move," and not really understanding the details behind it all. Yeah. Either because they're you know a part time fan or fan of another team or just stupid. Yep. I'm sorry, you're stupid people. <laughs> you're you're a dummy. Yeah. You need to go away. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not saying. Well, yeah, I mean, I think if anybody is wondering where you're coming from, that first little tirade kind of did it. The uh, the the initial cap was was pretty good. I had to let go a little bit. Um, you know, I played it pretty political when I've responded to a couple of these. Like I've uh, I've been you know mentioning with a couple of the uh, ex Eskimos, um, you know, on you know Facebook and such. Yeah. And uh, just you know tagging it on some of those sites. So I played it fairly politically correct because mm-hmm. I mean I don't need to get into a. Flat out, uh, you know, bitch slapping contest. Well, everybody's got. Everybody kind of gets to have their opinion. I mean, it's not like you're. Uh, it's it's one of those things where um, it's uh, like in line with what Dan says a few times. How most people don't research on the internet. You're just looking things up. Like most people do that, right? Mm-hmm. There are people who get paid to research. There are people who get paid to just like or don't don't get paid to look things up. You look things up on Wikipedia. I think you kind of sit almost as far as the guys that I know. I mean, I'm I know a lot about a lot of shit that it's niche to me, and not other guys know about it. So they come mm-hmm. to me to ask me about that. You're my football guy. Yeah. When I talk to you about football, you're in there, man. Like you really know your shit when it comes to that. And, you know, I, you can be bullshitting with me. I don't fucking know, but I don't think you are. And that's I mean, I've I've grown up with all this stuff. Like that's even last year. Like I 
I find that I got a lot of issues with certain things in the CFL these days. Um, j- just and and I've I've heard a little bit of it in the NFL. Just like even the commentators, the uh, the in-game commentators, mm-hmm. um, they seem very lazy. And you know, like you want to leave the puns to the sportscasters and not like the commentators. Yeah. Um, just simple things like calling an interception for a touchdown. Like you're too lazy to say interception for a touchdown. You got to call it a pick six because that's so crafty in the way that you've come up with these new phrases. Well, they're, yeah, they're all looking for ways to say things. I mean, like to, <sighs> to make it like snappy and it's fun, right? They yeah. they catch like a catchphrase and they run with it. But leave that to the to the broadcasters, like the guys on Sportsnet. And, yeah, you know, like that's the guy okay. on the desk. The guy on the desk who's calling the the highlights after the game. Exactly, it's cool for him to do. And even like to some extent, let a color guy next to you. Kind of say something about it after the play is done. Put it put it top shelf where mama keeps the peanut butter. Like, exactly. You, you got those kinds of things. And, you know, great. But leave it to, like, the highlights packages. Mm-hmm. Um, but in-game, I want to see professionalism. Yep. And uh, you get – I'm sorry. I love a lot of these ex-CFLers and such, but their egos get in the way. And they think that they've got this uh, charisma and this wonderful attitude. Yeah. Um, and they – for the most part, they know what they're talking about. But sometimes I just shake my head at the stupid shit that they say. Well, they should be on a desk. They should be on a they, well. They should be on the uh, the highlight desk afterwards. Absolutely, right? that's that's where they should Absolutely. be. Absolutely, and they, they think that they're, they're. I know they're trying to sell the CFL game. The CFL game is it sells itself. I think it's a fantastic game. Yeah, uh, you don't always have to say, "Oh, this only happens in the CFL." You don't need to say that. The people that watch it love it. They know it. We already know it. Like if you're trying to you know get the attention of like the uh, you know uh, ten thousand people across the border that are watching it. Yeah. Well, they're watching it too. They, you don't need to say this is the magic there. of the CFL. They're already watching it. Yeah, I mean, the, well, their whole idea is like if I if I make this, if I candy coat the shit out of this enough, then that guy is going to sell it to his friends, and he, it's not going to happen. Like, I mean, that's a it's not a huge huge market, and we're not really crossing the border that hard. Mm. The U.S. doesn't give a shit about Canada. Yeah, well, you're right. In general, in they general, absolutely don't. I mean, um, the guys who are watching it will continue watching it. Yep. And they'll tell a few of their friends. Maybe they'll catch the, they catch the games whenever they're they're mm-hmm. at their buddy's place. But well, let's face it. We're not going to suddenly blanket the U.S. But like, all of a sudden, America's watching the CFL. Well, and that doesn't need to be done. I mean, yeah. it's that same attitude. Um, you know, like, if it's Canadian, enjoy it as Canadian. Yeah. Look no further than the Tragically Hip. Exactly. Um, you know, and for years and years, a lot of people, you know, like comparing them to other bands saying, oh, well, these guys are big in the States. They're big in the States because they don't talk shit at all about mm-hmm. Canadian content. And the Tragically Hip have always been proud to write about it. And That's a Canadian band. Yeah. And they've been proud of it. You know, they could have been much bigger in the States because their their music yep. is phenomenal. And, uh, you know, they, they've done well in like a lot of the hockey, the large ho- hockey market cities like your Detroit's and Chicago's yep. and such, you know, like people there will know them. But, um, you know, the fact that they stuck to their guns and, you know, shared their stories about Canadiana mm-hmm. uh, is just an amazing thing. Yeah, man. It's like whenever I think of the Tragically Hip, and, and I'm not I'm not like a, a huge Trailer Park Boys fan, but the uh, the the one with the Trailer Park Boys video, fucking... The, the, the darkest one. The darkest one. Yeah. That to me bucket is of like... Chicken. Yeah, bucket of chicken. <laughs> and Don Cherry. <laughs> fucking, that's all you want is a bucket of chicken. But yeah, like that's that feels so fucking Canadian. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's Canadian. And to me, that is exactly what it is. It's like it's a it's a small fucking double wide out in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. in the winter with a shitty like nineteen eighty two olds. It's a, and, and a bucket of chicken. Like it's just like it's so Canadian. That's the hip. And I didn't care that they weren't big in the U.S. No, no. I was, I was I was almost happy they weren't. I, I and I was just gonna say I really um, you know as much as I like to brag like like I got a buddy of mine uh, in. Uh, 
he used to go to El Manchester with us, and he's uh, mm-hmm. moved back to Texas with his family and such. And uh, in, in the talks of talking about chicken, his father owns a uh, part of the KFC chain, so oh, that's no kind of funny. But uh, they moved back stateside, and you know when he saw me talking this past summer about you know you know fortunate news of Gordon yeah, Downing Gordon and everything, and and which just shattered me. Like I'm still upset, and it's going to be even worse when he actually passes away from the, the terminal brain cancer. But I don't even want to go there. Um, but you know my buddies, like he's like, what's this all about? Talk to me, and so I let him know, and. Uh, I said, okay, start with these handful of songs and everything. Yep. And he did. And he's like, this is awesome. He's like, it's fantastic. Yeah. And uh, so I let him know. I'm like, okay, now now listen to these couple of albums. He loves it. And I put him onto another couple. And it's really interesting how you can kind of put that on. And, um, you know, for me, I'm I'm almost kind of selfish. And I want to keep them yeah, man. just to Canada. It's, it's odd. I think everybody in Canada feels like that. Like, we are so selfish when it comes to the hip. We just want to, like... We just want to like put a barrier around them mm-hmm. and keep them in Canada and not not care that the U.S. doesn't know about it. Absolutely. Like even when with Eddie Vedder when he made that whole thing. That was awesome. Yeah, during the concert here when he stopped his show to tell them like there's something really cool I happening love that, in Canada though. right now. That was fantastic. Yeah, but he acknowledged it as it was like it wasn't happening in one town in one venue. No, it was, it was happening all of Canada. In Canada. Mm-hmm. Man. And that was really cool. And um you know, th- those guys get it because, yeah. you know, they toured together and everything. And you could tell just even kind of listening to the audio that he was a little bit upset about it. Uh, yeah, I mean, he felt it. He yeah. felt it personally. It's like a friend of his is going through something he couldn't, like, he couldn't help him with. Mm-hmm. Or somebody at least, not maybe not a friend, not a close personal friend, but somebody who he knew in the industry that he cared about. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's like, it's shitty. Like, I mean, I don't mean to, like, knock on the U.S. that they don't they don't give a shit about Canada. But really, ultimately, there's a lot they don't know about our geography, about our history, about our politics. Mm-hmm. Like, they just don't know. They're they're pretty self-absorbed. And that's just, I mean, that's culturally. That's just the way they are. That's how they've been culturally. They're, yeah. I mean, it's unfortunately, ingrained. it's ingrained in them to be a little bit isolationist, right? Mm-hmm. It's that the USA chant. Patriotic, nationalist, and it's... Yeah, it's, man. It's ingrained upon them, and that's uh, why, like, I that's mean, how you get powerful countries, though. Yeah, I mean, that's true. That's that's really how you do it, and they do. I mean, it is a corporation. That country is a corporation. They sell Americana. That's mm-hmm. their whole idea. But um, like with all this stuff that's going on now, when people are saying, "Well, well I might not go to the U.S." And, like, can you try? Like, I mean, I'm not a light skinned white guy. I'm a darker skinned, like brown guy. Can mm-hmm. I can I cross the border? Or am I gonna get sent back? Yeah, I no really more tattoo care. road trips. Yeah, man. But at the same time, like, I kind of don't care because no. like Canada's there's a lot of Canada out there I haven't seen. Yeah, and that's what I'm going to be doing now. Yeah, you and uh, we've really got some great, uh, great, great aspects of Canada that uh, are there to be loved for sure. And uh, yeah, man, it's a big, beautiful country that I think a lot of times, like a lot of people neglect. Mm-hmm. They're always like, "Well, you know, where are you going on vacation? Oh, I'm going to Hawaii. Or I'm going to Mexico. I'm going here. I'm going there." It's like, well, you can go pretty far north and see a lot of shit you haven't seen. I mean, you can go to to the Northwest Territories or none of it. Or you can go to the Yukon. Mm-hmm. Drive from here all the way up to the Alaskan border. Take a look and just drive on back. Like, there's a lot of shit you can do in the country. If you haven't seen, like, if you're one of those guys out there who hasn't, hasn't seen Departures, it was like, what, the last couple episodes of the, the first season when they, they come back and they just get in that truck and they just drive across Canada? I don't see that up north. Fuck, man. It's like, that's the kind of thing you should be doing more of. Mm-hmm. Like, this is an awesome country. Like, we got a lot I of I love my road doing. trips. I love yeah, my man. road trips. And just even in the last couple of years, I mean, like, I love my son and I'm just so excited to be able to like, oh, do man. those road trips with him. But, you know... Uh, just even last summer and um, obviously the summer before, you can't really do that stuff, um, you know, going cross country like that, or yeah. you know, just even to BC. Those well, long I mean, road he's trips. still kind of little. I yeah. mean, he's not—he's not like a completely run around. No, yeah, 
It's just, uh, like, I missed it the last couple of years. So yeah. uh, this summer we actually get to head back to BC and uh, we're going cool, to head man. out to the shoe swaps and that'll be pretty fantastic. That'll be really awesome. Yeah. I remember I had a, uh, a, a friend of ours we worked with and one time she mentioned how she was on a train going from here to Montreal and she woke up and it was like just an hour of driving through forest or like on the train through forest mm-hmm. and just not knowing where the hell she was. I'm like, fuck yeah, you can do that in Canada. There's a lot out east. There's a lot out west. There's like a lot of a lot of things to see out here that you might not that you can get anywhere else, mm-hmm. but you're gonna get it in your own country, not worry about the border or being turned away. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man, I, I think exploring this place can be a lot more fun in the next little while, at least for four years. Well, and people are, and that's exactly it. I mean, the, the Canadian tourism is just gonna be jumping on this as yeah. they should, especially just, this year with the 150. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, sell this place, man. We got. Park passes, park passes. You get, last year they they gave the two for one, so last yeah. year you pay for it. This year you get it for free. This year it's free, right? Yeah. Is that is that just in Alberta or is that Canada wide? It's probably Canada wide. I know yeah. it's for sure here in the uh, Alberta parks, yeah. which are I mean, across Canada they're probably they're probably some that's not just here in Canada but like in the world. I I'll mean, take advantage get, of that too, man. Yeah. Like camping in Alberta is really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, that's fantastic, and I miss it. Yeah, you haven't been out there for a while. No, no. Yeah. It's just something about the air, and just uh, it's just. You breathe life a lot easier when you're in the Canadian Rockies, especially like cold early morning mountain air. Mm-hmm. Man, getting that shit. Smell in your lungs. of the pine going and all yeah. that. Campfires. Mm. Pooping in the woods. Ooh, I once pooped right. in front of a squirrel. Threw a nut at me. Oh, yeah, not for real, just kind of. But you can imagine. I can imagine. Mm-hmm. Hey, have you been keeping up with uh, what's been going on in the DC world lately? With specifics to what? Well, I mean, I kind of um, bitched about it two weeks ago. It was on my highs and lows-ish, because, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we do here now. If yeah. Mike doesn't know, we do a high and a low, and then a, what are you looking forward to? Okay. And one of my... I, I can't remember whether it was a high or a low. I'm trying to avoid lows right now. Okay. Even though my low this week is is, is pissing me off a little bit to an extent, but whatever. Anyway, it was... Uh, DC is just fucking around with like their continuity again a little bit. Okay. To where I don't know if you know about the New 52... I've done some following for this stuff. Like it's, uh, it was a revamp of the universe, it, and I know it, and it, yeah. it gets kind of confusing. Uh, well, not necessarily confusing. It's just, I mean, Marvel's done the same sort of thing, and so yeah. Um, I'm just, I've basically just been sitting back and waiting for people to give the feedback. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure if I want to have reboots of these things. But yeah, from so what many I'm hearing is that you know there's some really positive things about it too, though. Well, I mean, it seems like they reset it again. I mean, New Fifty Two had a reset, mm-hmm. so we're, like you had a new Superman and a new Batman who are essentially going to be like the new generation of characters for this the new readers coming in. Mm-hmm. Full clean reboot of the universe, but for whatever reason, last like our our Man of Steel version, yeah, the John Byrne reboot from the eighties, okay, eighty six Clark Kent still existed. And he had his son and his wife, and they were they were living on the uh, the on Perry White's farm. Okay. They were calling it the White Farm. And they were living on there. Now they're they're back to the new continuity. They're they're back in regular continuity. He is now the current Superman again okay. after the other Superman died. And it turns out he's actually been merged now with the new Fifty Two Superman. Oh, okay, like their so uni- is universe is crossing and totally crossed in. Okay, and he has complete knowledge of everything that happened. Huh. Of, of New 52, of post-crisis, he's now that guy. Well, because wasn't he in 52? Was he not with Wonder Woman instead of Lois Lane? Well, that was that was the New 52 Clark Kent. Yeah. Or, well, Superman. Yeah. He was with Wonder Woman. And Lois Lane was a Superwoman by the end of that. So there was a weird little thing going on there, and they both died. And uh, and yeah, now now Clark is all of them. Now Superman, Kal-El, is all of them. God damn, he's going to have a threesome with him. <laughs> well, well, no, I mean, who knows, right? <laughs> who knows what the fuck is going to go on? It's, and his kid's there, and he's got a son, too. And then that, that leaves the open questions, like, what's going to happen? Is the whole universe with complete knowledge now? Do they all know? Have the, has the universe completely merged in? Is he, is he doing it? But if 
Like, fuck all that stuff. What yeah. gets me is how good the art's been for all that lately. It's been really and top-notch. I've been, I've been looking. You know, I peek every now and again. Like, mm-hmm. uh, for myself, I don't have a ton of cash anymore. So, i really got to be selective. you got things more important things to spend your money on. Well, I mean, I did just buy the, uh, uh, you know, a couple of Old Man Logan graphic novels, which I love. Okay. The, um, like, the, the new Old Man Logan or that first run? Uh, the first run. Okay. The first run. And um, th- that's pretty good. So, uh, you know, I'm kind of selecting certain things, mm-hmm. but I've been waiting for, uh, I-, I want definitely good artwork. Um, so who is it that uh, was, I'm trying to remember who it was, was doing the Superman that I really liked, uh, you know, kind of copied him after like Chris Reeves. Oh, you were a Gary Frank fan. Yes. Yeah. Gary Frank Superman. He made it look, I mean, that was before New 52. Yeah. He did a, a run with Brainiac and whatnot. Yeah, Actually, they made that Superman that. Unbound cartoon. And it was fantastic. Yeah. And his his penciling style really got sharp as shit. And mm-hmm. his Superman looked like Clark Kent. It was just so, like, just, just nice to see. And, and I mean, not Clark Kent, sorry. Uh, Christopher, Christopher Reeve. Reeve. It looked like Christopher Reeve. And it was nice to see Christopher Reeve yeah. as Superman again. And, and uh, you know, that's, that's the kind of artwork I've been looking for. So I, I go into, like, chapters all the time. And I, yeah. I just kind of take a look at the new stuff and I'm not seeing anything and I look up online to see if uh, Frank has really done any more of that and I don't think he's doing too much more Superman these days. I think he's off Superman altogether. Yeah. I don't know where he is but he's not there. Ah, it's yeah, kind of upsetting because uh, to me that's that's been some of the tops for the last bit but you're suggesting that uh, the new stuff that's coming out is Looks really decent. good man. I mean it's I don't think it'll be what you're looking for as far as that uh, Christopher Reeve look goes. Mm-hmm. It, it is very contemporary. Like it looks like everybody else's Superman. Yeah. But like it, I saw a cover today from uh, Jorge Jimenez, and it was like just fucking beautiful work. Oh, okay. It looked and it looked classic. It's Superman flying down. I think he's holding a car over his head, and he's like about to touch down. And it just looked like an iconic. It's got a sun behind him, an iconic Superman. Mm-hmm. And it made me want to start reading that again, especially now that he's he's kind of back, right? Like his DC rebirth. Rebirth has kind of been like a well a, a rebirth. Yeah. In DC, like they did a Flash, they did a Green Arrow, so they they come back or Green Lantern, sorry. Yeah. So they come back to original characters, like Barry Allen came back and uh, Hal Jordan came back. Good. And, and now I like that. Cal is back, right? Yeah. And it is cool, but they're doing it like company wide. But the art, I mean, it's been really good to see. I mean, I, I want to see more of that kind of thing, especially because like their TV division is so awesome. I feel right now, like their their CW division is really good. I'm enjoying that. Uh, it's fun. So I want to have fun reading comics again. I want to have fun watching those shows, right? Well, and those shows are actually really, like you said, they're doing a phenomenal job. It's like I even like you know, it's it's funny. Like I've got all these you know little teenage boys in my classes and everything, and uh, they they always kind of like look at me weird when I'm like, yeah, Supergirl, it's a pretty awesome show. They're like, what? Lawfully, you watch that? I'm like, no, it's pretty darn good. It's, and a, it, it's it, not bad, man, yeah. And it follows in uh, nicely with, uh, you know, whenever they do the, the Flash crossovers or any of those things. Mm-hmm. I, I prefer that they were in the same universe, but they, they nicely kind of uh, work them around each other. Yep. Um, I, I'm actually oddly uh, quite impressed with the, the the guy they picked for Superman. Um, yeah, the uh, Tyler Hoshlin there. Yeah, he, yeah, he's not like this huge bulky guy, which I'm okay with. I mean, like I've seen the different versions and I like mm-hmm. both, but uh, I'm enjoying this one. And uh, he he does, I think, a pretty good Clark Kent. I think his Clark Kent is the highlight. Yeah, his Clark Kent is is folksy. You know, he's got the lingo right. Like he's got like the gosh, gee Perry, gee whiz. Yeah. You know, and then when Perry <laughs> asked him, like, did you just say that? And he's like, well, you know, most people still have a tendency to say folksy things like gee whiz, Perry. I. Uh, uh. Well, gosh, I didn't know that hurt you so much. Like, he's just got that way about him. It's really very Clark Kentish. I love the word swell. Yeah, I, swell. I use that just That's based swell. on Christopher Reeve Superman. He used the yeah, word swell. Man. That's awesome. I am a little bit annoyed. I mean, we're going to go into a little rabbit hole area here. Yeah. I am annoyed with Supergirl that um, the character of Monel is Monel mm-hmm. because he wouldn't be Monel. He wasn't supposed to be. He was, um, oh, geez, who was he actually? Because uh, Well, he should be Largand. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because, um, But his father is Largand. Mm-hmm. 
So because Largan lands on on the Kent farm, yeah, and Superman discovers him on a Monday, and his family name is L, mm-hmm. so he names him Mon L. Yeah. But now you've got a guy who Clark should know when he sees him the first time, doesn't know who he is. Exactly. So, I mean, at first I was like, well, maybe he's an imposter. Then the father came out with Largand, and then they fucking aced him too. So now I don't know what's going on. I know. And there was a Legion ring on, the, on that last episode. And they go back to the fortress. I didn't see it yet. Oh, sorry, dude. No, well, I mean, the, you, you saw where the most recent one. I when did. I go back to the... Okay, anyway. I've still got a it Legion on my PVR. And they, they made a point to show you that thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking to myself, like, really? Are you just are you screwing with me a little bit? Like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. I'm going to find out sooner or later that his father named him Monel. Mm-hmm. I could deal mm-hmm. with that because, like, continuity changes in the shows. But Clark can and, and there is a cyclical, um, I guess, like, a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I mean, Monel's uniform and costume yeah. is inspired. Cyclical inspiration yes. is inspired by the Superman costume because he's from the future. Mm-hmm. So he wears a red tunic with a blue cape. And um, that's because of Superboy. Or Superman, sorry. Mm-hmm. And but when he lands, Superboy sees the costume and then makes his own costume based on Monel's costume. That's that's old continuity. So that should kind of happen, but like we're not going to see any of that stuff. Well, and I mean, they've got to tiptoe around just based on what some other writers want too, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get that. Um, I mean, they've all got to do their best to kind of play nice. And I know that certain storylines aren't able to come to fruition. And as I a do result. understand. I'm a super nerd too. I, so like, yeah, that's, I totally get that. Nobody gives a shit. I, I'm losing my brains, but like nobody gives a shit, and that's cool. I'm, yeah. I'm okay with that, so I'm, that's not a problem. But uh, Legends of Tomorrow might get Commandy in it. You enjoying it? Yeah, no, it's good. But the character Commandy, yeah, might show up in Legends of Tomorrow next year. Okay. Yeah, because they fucked up the timeline, and there's like uh, there's dinosaurs and shit now. So the boy, the last boy. I like on how Earth. they're. I like how they're. I definitely love how they're hitting some really cool. Uh, you know, it, it's it's that quantum leap kind of a feel where they're hitting specific eras. <laughs> it's weird, you, right? Yeah. It's weird, but you you get this really cool uh, sort of feeling. You know, mm-hmm. they hit the fifties or something like that. You know, like I love the fifties and sixties. So any any kind of movies in the past, I've loved. You know, with regards to that. So when you see some of these TV shows, yeah, making them look fairly authentic and good, then it's yeah, it's a fun little uh, jaunt. It's a past. it's a cool little jaunt. There's time. The one thing that does bug me though is it seems like time travel is the new zombies. Yeah. How like all of a sudden like there was a whole influx of zombie TV shows and now it's all time travel. Yeah. It's like they've got that one where Jekyll and Hyde or not Jekyll and Hyde. Sorry, it's like Jekyll and mm. um the Ripper, Jack the Ripper, are on a ship together and they're like fucking up the time stream. I've heard of that. Yeah. They got uh, Adam Polly in a friggin' duffel bag. Yeah. In that making history where that's his time machine. Yeah. This Legends of Tomorrow. That's a time machine. Like the Flash does time travel. Like there's all this time travel stuff yeah. going on. Um, did you manage to jump into Iron Fist and all that? I and uh, the controversies I did involved. Not yet. I'm not. I'm not avoiding it because of the controversy. No, and I think the controversy is. Yeah, I think it's bullshit. I mean, uh, okay. So you've seen it? I, I loved it. I thought it was great. I okay. mean, it's. I don't think it's. I no. enjoyed the other series better. Like Daredevil was awesome, especially the second season. Yeah. Um, and, and I love how they're all working into each other. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed. This Iron Fist and, you know, getting the underworkings of the hand and seeing how they work and everything. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was as good as the other ones, but I quite enjoyed it. But it wasn't the shit everybody talked about. No, no, it, it really wasn't. Uh, it, it's it's very much in the same uh, breath as the other ones, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, I'm not pleased with the whole controversy issues in that, um, you know, like Danny Rand is a white dude. He's, you know, that's, that's who he is. So I'm not sure why people are so uh, into this whitewashing effect for this one yeah but i mean i i can understand how that's that is kind of trending 
trendy trending right now. It is because like, it does happen it is, for and sure. And there is some really bad fucking whitewashing going on. Absolutely. Like that Scarlett Johansson thing in in Ghost in the Shell. I know people are losing their shit. It seems like Japanese people don't really give a shit though. Yeah, no, because it's doing like, well it's, there. It's, well, it's doing well, and Japanese people do make their anime characters look like white guys. Like yeah. Cowboy Bebop's a white. That's Spike Spiegel's a white mm-hmm. guy. Jet Black's a white guy. That's the way it is. I'm sorry. Yeah. This is how it is. I mean, but there is like there. It's weird, right? Like Full Metal Alchemist. When that trailer came out, live action trailer, and it's a Japanese guy, yeah, I'm like, that, that looks a little bit weird to me, because like in the freaking cartoon, he doesn't look like that. He's a blonde haired, white looking dude. Yeah, but but that's just their anime style. That's just the like way it is. Saying. And I mean, there was some comments too about um, about Japanese people how they perceive white people and mm-hmm. in media how their cartoons do look. So that's a whole other bag of worms. But um, yeah, like I mean, the Danny Rand stuff, that's just. It's a it's a white exploitation, man. There that happened in in the seventies. They had that character. It is, and you know that's. I mean, that particular artist. He, you know, the creator, whether he consciously knew that would sell as that, or that's just what was in his head as you know what he wanted that hero to be. I think he is. He was definitely a character of the times. Yeah, and that's yeah. exactly it. Um, I I think they do a good job of explaining in the show. Like, I mean, it's he's not a white savior. I mean. Yeah. He, he's a guy that moved in there for specific reasons, mm-hmm. um, you know, to become the Iron Fist. Yeah. And so be it. I mean... Yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff that... There's been many Iron Fists, you know, and... Uh, so that's how they're playing it. He's one of many. And, and that, yeah, okay. that's exactly it. There's a lot of stuff that does. I mean, there are things that do bug me that, that really fucking get under my skin. And there are certain things to me that are just like, I just don't feel like it's worth me getting mad about. Like, mm-hmm. I just... It's not gonna... It's not gonna change anything like him being yeah. an asian character or like whatever right and, and that's just the thing like um you know iron fist i'd never known a whole ton about like i knew he existed yeah. i knew the basics of him and everything and so when i heard they were making this iron fist show uh fist show mm-hmm. i'm like okay cool it's all part of the universe and i was excited for it and then you know everyone made a big deal of it and so i started researching i'm like i thought he was a white dude and sure enough i checked it out i'm like okay so he's a white dude i wouldn't have cared either way if he was yeah. an asian dude i'd be like awesome it's iron fist i i don't really care you know what i mean like it's it's it wasn't the as like culturally appropriationy, yeah. as as everybody made it out to be. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, like it's. I didn't give a shit about him until I started reading Alias, mm-hmm. like the Jessica Jones comic. Yeah. Like honest to God, like I knew he was out there. He showed up. I never followed Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. I knew he was Danny Rand. Yeah. I knew what the Iron Fist was. And I I got it. But yeah, I didn't really care about it. And then like after that, and New Avengers, and Luke Cage was a major character in, in Marvel since yeah. since Alias. And then you get he he kind of like played himself more and more into it, and you, you learn more about Danny Rand. Yeah, I didn't give a shit about him, honest to God. Like I read him more Iron Fist, really still didn't really give a shit about the character. But this this show made me enjoy it, and, yeah. and just the the mythos behind you know what the Iron Fist is actually yeah. made me care about it. You know, so if this character of Danny Rand, if he was killed like in the second season or something like that, and then mm. a new Iron Fist fist popped up, and he was black, if he was you know, well he'd have to be Asian. I, I don't even care. The point is that it it doesn't matter well, to me what he is. The social justice warriors are going to lose their shit. They will. Then they'll lose their shit. He showed up. Whoa, 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 You took him out. Now he's black. What the yeah, hell? Yeah, I know. That'd be like, yeah, just not quite getting what they want. It'd be great if Luke Cage became Iron Fist. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's the point is that, you know, he's a great character. And it wouldn't bother me if they did kill off Danny Rand. Yeah. And if yeah, if he did become an Asian one. Yeah. That wouldn't bother me, not in the slightest, because it's the Iron Fist mythos that it, is really cool. Yeah. It does follow a lot of missteps though from from Marvel and like in general what what pop culture is doing right now. There have been enough legitimate missteps about like casting and and race casting. That you know, I mean, having this happen, it makes him it makes him an easy target, right? But at the same time, like fucking, it doesn't it doesn't bother me. It just it's not something I'm I'm losing sleep over. No, and I didn't, uh, 
you know, until people started losing their shit about it. I mean, yeah. I didn't know any better anyways. I mean, I'm white and people will be like, oh, you're white. That's why. Okay. So I'm white. That's why. Yeah. There, well, I mean, and that too, right? That's, there is like a, there is a blindness that you're kind of able to have in that sense. Yeah. Like you're not going to see it because it's, it's weird to, I'm not, I'm not saying it, it's like, Hey, it's, it's white and that's why I'm a white guy. Like, yeah. Well, what's a, what's that fancy schmancy term everybody uses? That white privilege? It's my white privilege. I get to I get to like just gloss over it. I guess. At the same time, I'm like, yeah, I, I can understand, but I think there are bigger fish to fry. Like, yeah. I think there are bigger wars to fight. There are hills that are worth dying on when it comes to cultural yeah. appropriation. Yeah. I just yeah. don't think that Iron Fist's ethnicity is one of them. No. Like, it's a dumb fucking comic book TV show. For sure. I think you just need to like get over it. It's people just. Uh you know, trying to jump in on that whole bubble wrap world and, you know, yeah. trying to pop the bubbles where they can. And Like the the new one, the Kendall Jenner ad, the Pepsi ad. You hear about this shit? No. That, that's like, if you want to be mad about something, be mad about that. And people are, and it got pulled because appropriately so. It's it's essentially a Black Lives Matter movement where it's got like all the the ethnic people, like the, bl- the black people, the Chinese, the brown guys, mm-hmm. are all basically background players to Kendall Jenner, like taking off her blonde wig and wiping her makeup off. Like Kendall Jenner, and the, like let's face it, man, the Kardashians they appropriate black culture like a motherfucker, uh-huh. and they're walking out there as the stars of this commercial where she hands a Pepsi to like a cop who's like all thuggish, like he's like this like Eminem <laughs> with black hair, thug white guy, like sleeves rolled up. So he's like, I mean, if he takes it all off, he's essentially I think somebody mentioned he's Jake Gyllenhaal, like really when you look at him, and then she hands him a Pepsi, drinks it, and they like they thumbs up or whatever the fuck it is, and then that's Pepsi ad, like peace. But it's like the Life's most, better. yeah, it's the most Disney parade Black Lives Matter movement you've ever seen in your life. But really, it's like all the people who have a right to be mad or who should be mad in that commercial are pushed to the background while a bunch of fucking like really lily white people are pushed to the foreground. And they're the ones who are like, they're the white saviors, essentially. Yeah. If you want to be mad and rightfully mad, be mad at shit like that. And that, you know, and that's just thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear shit about this. Yeah. If people are up in arms about uh, a written white character being a ninja, essentially, yeah, that's what they're pissed off about. I, I I didn't hear anything about this Pepsi commercial, and I could understand that one being a pretty hot topic. <laughs> that, that's where you should be mad. But no, Danny Rand. Danny Rand. He's white. He's a white ninja. And, and there's the trouble. There's and then there's the pushback, right? There is like uh, Dan was talking about it, and I was reading a lot about the social justice warrior pushback. And somebody somebody fucking said lately online that if you're using the term social justice warrior, like you clearly like we're laughing at you, like the, the SJWs, the real ones are laughing at you, like oh it's dumb, it's dumb, nobody used that word anyway. It's like no, if you're mad about us using that, it's because like you're a fucking social justice warrior. That's why you're mad. <laughs> you're mad about me calling you that because that's what you are. So anyway, what I was getting at, Dan was saying how there was a pushback to Marvel Comics, how they made this huge sweeping change in their lines, right? Mm-hmm. Thor became a woman, um, Iron Man was a young black girl, and then, uh, what's it called, Kamala Khan became like the new Miss Marvel, mm-hmm. and how they, they basically said like, you know what, it was a big mistake, clearly the fans don't want that, we're seeing a drop in sales, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't think you're seeing a drop in sales because you made like ethnic characters, it's just you kind of rammed it down people's throats and you wrote them really shitty. Yep, you were bad at what story. you did. I want a good story. But you know what? I'm I'm stuck in the middle on some of this stuff too. Mm. I mean, like for Spider Man and all these characters, um, you know, they're written the way they are. Yeah. Um, those are the characters that I love. And that's not a bad thing. I shouldn't be ashamed for loving those characters the way they are. Not in the least. Um, you know, much the same as, you know, I love my Luke Cage characters or uh just many other characters. Yeah, like, man. Um, you know, in the X Men. Um he wasn't in it very often, but Sunfire was my, one of my favorite characters. 
Yeah, man. Asian dude. Fucking Bishop. Was okay. Unbelievable awesome. character. So here's the thing, and, and it's stated quite often throughout the comic book universe is you know anytime you get guys like uh, and I I'm not sure the the guy's name that uh, wrote the uh, Iron Fist, but mm-hmm. he basically said you know like if you want these different different uh, ethnically um, diverse diverse characters. Write them and write them well. Yeah. What the hell's the matter with that? I'll, yeah, I'll like, watch it. I'll read it. Like I have it's... no problem with uh with what's her name that new Riri as Iron Man, mm-hmm. like in the costume. Yeah, even as Iron Man, like as the whole concept that she's in the suit while Tony Stark's walking around to fool people, he's not in it. Yeah, but write her as a good character. Get somebody who understands how to write exactly. a young girl character. Yeah, I don't want like Ed Brubaker to be writing her unless he does it well and like gets some decent research and gets insight in how to write that character. And their rights are really well. And it's a bunch of people saying, now is the time, the time is right to do this. Okay, well, if the time is right, then write it well. Then write it well, exactly. If the time is, that's like the, maybe one of the most poignant things ever said in this fucking show. <laughs> if the time is right, then write it well. <laughs> if you're telling me that, then, then do it right. You know, like give me a good reread comic, but don't try to like supplant Iron Man and get rid of Tony Stark altogether. Exactly. And then for 30 years, I'm going to that. Or Amadeus Cho is the Hulk. Mm-hmm. Like I don't need Amadeus Cho to show up. Like he's a pretty great character on his own. And I'm sure if you got somebody to write an Amadeus Cho book, which essentially he had when the Hulk was on Planet Hulk, yeah, he had a great run. And I was reading that because he's a fucking cool character. Mm-hmm. When his when he had the puppy, the coyote puppy Kirby, okay, and then he lost him and the puppy grew up. I didn't like just kind of read it and be like, well, you know, it's, it's filler until Hulk comes back. I was genuinely into his search for his dog. Fully enticed the whole yeah. deal. And he's a Korean character. He didn't have to be white. And I mean, maybe he was written kind of loose or whatnot. Gee, go figure. You write a character well. People you write will him read well, it. and people will read it. And, like, I don't want you to, to tell me that Mastermind uh, Excello is, like, a new white kid yeah. or whatever. Amadeus Cho as, Max, as Mastermind Excello is a cool fucking character. Yeah. Leave it like that. I don't need to make him the new Hulk. And yeah. Hulk is Korean now. And they drew him in, like, fucking yellow face. Like, he looked Asian. I think that's <laughs> racist. You know what? I think it's racist to draw Hulk in that. Like, he gave him, like, diamond-shaped eyes, man. Like, Saber cut mad. that shit out. Yeah. Like, don't shove it down my throat. Give me good characters. Who, when, when the book is opened and I'm reading it, and that character goes home, they go home to a family that represents who they are, and they're written well. And you're not trying to ram it down my throat with, no, Iron Man's Iron Girl now. And it's like that whole Lisa Simpson thing. Remember, like, when she came to the football thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, The yeah. football tryouts? Yeah. That's right. A girl wants to play football. It's like, well, we actually have four girls who play. And, yeah. You know, our kicker is, is a girl. She's yeah. like, really? Pick, pick uh, the battles where battles exist. You exactly, know. man. Right? Like... We, we talked about the ghost, too, how it was that uh, icon from DC Comics. They had that one, the black Superman, who had, like, a very... He had the same kind of backstory as Superman, but he was black. He went through, like, slavery. He understood all that stuff. Like, it was... His character was designed and written and given, given like, a genuine development. Like he was You're talking about really Steel? Well. No, no, no. Uh, his name is Icon. Okay, I don't know about that one. They had this, uh, like, a black universe, essentially, in DC for a little bit. There was, like, okay. a, like, a, like, a, like almost like Vertigo. Mm-hmm. They had really cool characters, man, ethnic characters. Now, I mean, at that time, who knows? Maybe not a lot of... It didn't appeal to people, or it wasn't really written the way it should have been written. Who knows? I didn't really get into it too much. But, like, the one character I got into was Icon, and he was... I think it was Dwayne McDuffie. It was fucking written really well, and it was a cool character. Mm-hmm. But he didn't replace Superman. It wasn't like all of a sudden he showed up and he was black. Like, Steel didn't really replace Superman either. No, he didn't. I mean, there's four there's of them. There's four of them, man. Once. Yeah. But. I don't know. It's like just. And he's. John Henry Irons is a good character. That's what gets me, is mm-hmm. when you when you just, like, ram ethnicity down my throat when I just don't need it. It's just. It's not going to change things for me. Uh, yeah. Like, pick your battles. Too true. Too true. <laughs> too true, man. Not to, not to let it go, but I have no problem with the Black, black Spider Man, uh, but it's got to be Peter Parker. 
Have you? I'm not- just going back. I'm there. Are some people who fucking disagree with that, so I'm just saying that to to, to yell at them a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, have you gotten a chance to uh, try out Breath of the Wild, Legend of Zelda? No, but I know that is really something you want to get on there. Yeah, and I figured uh, I don't know if we want to save that little chitty chat for when like Ghost is around because I'm I know that Ghost would jump right into it. Ghost sure. Ghost shows up when he wants to show up, so fuck that guy. And you <laughs> and me are going to talk about Nintendo Switch. And how their flagship title mm-hmm. is Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yeah. And you have played it. I own it. You have a Switch. I don't have a Switch. I've got it on the on the Wii U. And, and because I oh, that's at, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I looked at the graphics uh, comparisons and such. And yes, it's definitely a lot more smooth and polished. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's beautiful on the, uh, on the Switch. It I just, got buddies that own it. I've always kind of felt like um, the Wii U and the GameCube, they tried very hard to nail that cell shade look down. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's like the the machine, right? It's the it's it's a compromise to make because of the capability of the machine. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Switch really nails that. But I don't think you're really losing gameplay. No, no, and that's it. Well, it, but you know what? Uh, the Wii U had its issues. Um, you know, like we won't get into a whole bunch of those and everything. Yeah. Um, you know, they had their issues uh, with other developers for, for various reasons, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of developers that said, you know, like the, the Wii U ha- with its tablet and everything have a really great idea. They just need more people on board while well, no one is willing to get on board. So yeah, they, was, they had a lack of development. Yeah. Developers. And, yeah. And so that was, what was its downfall. I mean, this uh, Breath of the Wild game is supposed to be the last uh, game being sold for the Wii U. Uh, oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, because the Switch has taken over and it's, it's selling really well. I, um, I mean, I would have figured there'd be some party game stuff that would still pop out for the Wii U. But no, they the said that this one, is huh? the last one. They're they're pumping everything. I think uh, from what I read, anyways. Yeah. They're they're pumping right into the the Switch. Uh, and I got a couple of buddies that have the Switch, and they love it. They yeah. they can't stop glowing about it. Um, well, I mean, not to not to take away. Like, keep your keep your thought there. I had a we talked about it here, Nvidia Shield, mm-hmm. and uh, the K1, which is basically like the the precursor to the Switch. Yeah. And that machine is a beast. I mean, it's got a it's got a Kepler architecture for the GPU. Okay, it's 192 cores of GPU processing power. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's a phenomenal machine. It's got console mode. I can plug in an HDMI cable, and it becomes it essentially becomes a shield console. Mm-hmm. Does not miss a step on AAA titles. Like it plays Borderlands 2 smooth. Yeah. So clearly, if that could do it from a machine that's two years old, mm-hmm. I have no doubt the Switch is going to be a beast. Well, and you know what though? I think a lot of developers are actually like they're actually starting to get some good uh, good developers back on side of Nintendo again. From what I've seen so far, like EA is finally you know putting some of their um, their powers back into it. Yeah. Um, was it was it the uh, the president of Ubisoft where he said like it's gonna be this is gonna be a machine that we can make games for? It's yeah. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a good unit. It's powerful. Exactly. And so this I think this year's E three. Um, in June, that that one, this one will be the one that'll kind of prove, you know, like what direction they're going in. Yeah. Because um, yeah, Nintendo's obviously had that stigma, and rightfully so, over the years that yep. you know it's a family, family uh, machine. Uh, there's not a bunch of uh, games that have been, um, you know, of the R-rated variety, or yeah. you know, for some of the adults and such. You know, I, I think that this one will be a little bit more of that. Um, but certainly this. Uh, you know the Breath of the Wild game. It is just breathtakingly beautiful. Uh, mm-hmm. It's so diverse in everything you could think of doing in this game. I kind of like when I did see it get played on some demos and whatnot. I felt like that's what I really wish the Shadow of the Colossus sequel would be like. Yeah, where like it really felt like that. Like and an open world, it's huge. You can eat things off the ground. You shoot things out yeah, of the air. It's like crazy. It, like you see butterflies, and you can catch friggin' butterflies like just doing around. And like I don't know if you know about this for like um, if you've done much reading on it or seen it, but mm-hmm. 
like any of these little things that you manage to pick up along the way, uh, along the way, if it's uh, if it's animals that you kill or you know go- uh, mocoblins and stuff like yeah. that, you know, like you you get to take their guts and <laughs> things oh, like no that. Oh no way! So there's and some crafting. There's crafting, and there's there's <laughs> like, and then you come up with these little stations where you um, um, it's like little cooking stations. So it's mm. like a little uh, rounded pot over top of a fire. And, uh, you know, if the fire's lit, you can go up to it and you can throw some ingredients in and you come up with these different combinations and it's different healing uh, abilities along with uh, speed and um, endurance and all these different no things. No way, huh? So you got to come up with all these different things. And That was, I think, like a lot of people, they don't think that's that's a Nintendo game. That's Fallout. That's mm-hmm. Minecraft. That's a AAA title from a big developer yeah. for like a large beast Xbox or a PS4. Yeah. Like they don't think you can pull that off and have the same kind of like full game like yeah. a full experience on like a Nintendo game. And hopefully like that, that kind of shit looks really cool on a Switch, man. I mean, you can it's, shove that in your fucking pocket and walk around with that. Oh, it, like I can't even understate how much I'm actually sitting there playing a cartoon. Like and yeah. not just like, you know, you know, like a frame by frame cartoon. Like this is a really good smooth cartoon I'm mm-hmm. playing. Um, and you could do what you want it too. Like, I mean, if you see an enemy with like, uh, you know, he's holding like a wooden club or something like that, yeah. you sh- you could set that shit on fire and then it's going to set the... The, the the beast on fire too you know like how is the um like the health and healing system i hear it's like if you get hit it's like the old zelda it's like you've got your hearts go down yeah. until you find more hearts like it doesn't just like and and you, you don't find hearts you don't this. heal over time yeah you no you don't heal over time you don't find hearts mm-hmm. um like i said you're gonna start cooking up these little things here and there or if you find an apple like the, you could climb trees and there's apples in yeah. the trees and uh or there's like uh large radishes that you kind of pull up and that's neat man those and that's where your hearts are this time yeah so that's really cool. Um, and in so many ways, it's different. But, I mean, you automatically know that it's Zelda and it feels yeah. uh, that much like Zelda. It, the the beasts and everything, everything is creative about this game. Like, uh, a lot of people are saying, uh, you know, the professionals are saying, like, this is one of the top-reviewed games of all time. Mm-hmm. And I think rightfully so. Like, it's, it's just even the first boss battle. Like, there's no specific order for these boss battles either. You know, like you just kind of go around. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I'm in, I'm in this particular temple right now, and yeah. uh, that's not the order. It's very Mega Man. Yeah, just go where you want to go and yeah. fight your guy. And that's exactly it. Um, the puzzles are fantastic. Uh, it's just such a good game. I'm like about ready for that. I'm I'm kind of done with post-apocalyptic worlds mm-hmm. and like fucking gore and viscera. Yeah, <laughs> and all that the weird shit that comes across. Like, I don't want like a perk that says bloody mess where I shoot a guy and he explodes into goo. Like, I want to hit somebody with a war club and then walk away. Well, and, and the cool thing about this one is, like, just even the weapons. I mean, your weapons, you, you pick up all the enemy weapons, yeah. uh, you know, arrows, uh, anything. If an enemy shoots an arrow at you and they miss you and it hits the grass, well, mm-hmm. that arrow's going to be there on the grass. You're going to pick it up. That's so, cool. So, like, anything that you think of, like, in a movie or something like that, you know, like, oh, pick up the gun. Yeah, you're always yelling at the screen. Yeah. Pick up the gun. Like that's that's ammo right there. Well, you get to do that in this for like everything. So you pick up all the and there's only so much you can carry, obviously. Yeah. But uh, you know, like uh, certain swords, you know, like you got so many hits that you can give on other enemies before you shatter that sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can get some really good ones, but then you got to kind of find out and collect other good weapons. Yeah. Once again, and uh, there's certain ones that you're gonna get as good treasures, but those can break too. And then you got to go to like a, um, you know, like a. Oh, what are those guys called? Oh, yeah. Like a Zora, Zora blacksmith. Oh, that's cool. And uh, you know, like so, I got uh, like it really. It is. I mean, obviously, they're gonna make a Zelda game. They're they're not gonna make like a whatever, like change names of characters and whatnot. This is like a hundred percent. It feels like you're in the Zelda world. It's fantastic. Yeah, that's really cool. Man. It's so good because that's what everybody really wants. Uh, that's what I want. 
That was the only reason I was going to pick up a DS was Ocarina of Time. Like yeah. get, get like, or was it Majora's Mask? Right, they had on there. Yeah, for the three for the three DS. Yeah, because I just wanted Zelda back. Like I wanted to play a Zelda game, mm-hmm. and that's 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 exactly what I'm looking forward to. I mean, hopefully that's why it sells well too. Like it should be a. It seems it's, like it's a from what I've machine. seen it uh, just because I'm on a couple of like little video game swap pages here in Edmonton, and I'm always seeing these guys saying, "Oh, EB Games has one copy left of uh, Breath of the Wild at mm-hmm. West Edmonton Mall." And then you see the next guy post like 15 minutes later. He's like, I was just there. It's gone. Oh. So it's, uh, they, they're selling out. Like I, I've been to like your best buys and stuff where I yeah. see like five copies. And I'm like, oh, there's some here. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, perhaps there's people that are coming in. Like by the end of the day, they're gone. They're on the way there. Yeah. So I think it's selling on. well. Uh, the games are for sure. But I know the systems are uh, seemingly selling out still. I heard uh, like, I mean, that was the big complaint. A lot of people said the controller will be too small or mm-hmm. it'll be too awkward because one like the thumb thumbstick placement on one is different than the other. OK. So they weren't. Like um, they were mirror images of each other, right? Yeah. But um, the first reviews that I got of those the Joy Cons, nobody had a problem with them. Yeah. Everybody said like, right, the second you hold them, you feel like you're holding controller, not like the Wii, the Wii uh, stick. Yeah. At first, where it was like a little bit too round and didn't really feel like a, a NES controller. Yeah. Whereas this feels like a small NES controller and it's very natural. Yeah. That's that's what everybody really wanted, right? Much to the point where they're actually uh, selling slash giving away the original con- controller NES skins to put on top of them. Oh no way! Cool. Yeah, that's really neat, man. Yeah, that's. I, I think you're gonna see a lot of third party with this one. I think so too. There's gonna be a ton of like that mad. Well, I think Mad Cats just went bankrupt or just got sold or something. Yeah, but it's too bad because like a company like that could really do well with uh with a Switch. Yeah. Even if nobody, if anybody listening doesn't know, Mad Cats made a lot of third party gear like controllers, mm-hmm. skins, all sorts of shit for. For controllers, for game companies. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be really neat to see that kind of thing here. I got a really fun skin for kind of jumping off the Nintendo, but uh, I got the Resident Evil 7. And oh no, no, you're not huge on those games. I fucking hate Resident Evil so much. Oh man. I despise Resident Evil. I, but I, I can't remember which game it was I tried to get you into, but it wasn't one of the best of the series for sure. No, I think it was a rail shooter. It was the rail, the rail yeah, shooter it was the rail the shooter. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. That probably wouldn't be like, that's... Honestly, God, I enjoyed that more than I've enjoyed any Resident Evil game. Let me let me tell you, I hate fucking walking through a door, pushing up, and the second I'm in the room, my thumb, for whatever reason, is still pushing up, and I walk back out the door, back in the other room. The controllers aren't like that anymore. Yeah, well, I hope not, because those no, controllers no, no, fucking no. sucked, man. For the last, since number four, yeah. those controls have been done with. That is, that the, is. The tank controls are done. Literally, the reason I walked away from Resident yeah. Evil, because it was like, that was like the first four games, I was like, you know what, screw this game. Fucking screw everything to do with Resident Evil. Yeah. I'm not going to watch the movies. I'm not going to read the comics. <laughs> well, the movies did one thing. I mean... I, I, <laughs> yeah, I walked away hard, man. I walked away angry from yeah. Resident Evil. No, number seven here is get, has gotten really, really good reviews, and mm. I loved it. Like, I, I played it straight through till I beat the shit and out of it. that was on Wii U, yeah? No, that, that, that one just came out on the PS4 and the Xbox uh, One. Uh, it just came out in January. Oh, no way. Yeah. It's, See, this uh, is how much I'm out of it. But, I mean... Resident Evil that is. All the games I fucking hate but Resident Evil. No, but if you take a look at this, like if yeah. you even like the survival horror, game, horror games, this one's gone back to the roots with good play control. Yeah. Uh, this creepy family, like uh, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre feel. Like they're, they're little weird, weirdo cannibals. Mm-hmm. They swear and everything. It sounds like, uh, uh, y'all been fucking with my gun over here. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, I think I think for a little while I got to take a break from those games, though. Yeah. No, I mean, that that type of game, that the gore and the viscera stuff. I mean, yeah, the, And the, you're right. I mean, for that one. kind of. Kind of yeah. zombie bullshit. And that's exactly it. I mean, yeah. I, I played the shit out of it because I love that series. I always have. Mm-hmm. And I played the hell out of it till I beat it. And I love it. It is so well done. And now I'm like, okay, I won't touch it. I'll probably play that one again in the summer because that's, you know, my style in the summertime. Yeah. Uh, play something like that. Uh, you know, like your Zeldas and stuff like that is fall slash winter because traditionally those games have come on around Christmas time, around you know, in time, November. Yeah. And so, 
you know, I think Nintendo missed the mark on that one. Man, do they ever. Like, I was really kind of hoping to come out before that, because mm-hmm. that, that feels like Christmas. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like a, a new Nintendo system. I never had one, but my cousins always yeah. did, and friends always did. So, I would, like, when Christmas time would roll around, they would get one. That's what you did. That's how it was for me and my brothers, you know? Like, uh, even, I mean, I remember when I was in grade four, and, you know, we finally worked our parents down to get Santa Claus to... You know, mm-hmm. put that system under our tree, and that was the original NES. Yeah, man, were we stoked! That's cool, man. Um, and I remember we got like the original uh, Dracula's Curse uh, three. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, Dracula's Curse Castlevania three. Yeah. we got that, and you know, a couple of Mario games came with it. You know, we still did all that other stuff. We played other action figures. We go outside, build snow forts, and all that fun stuff. So yeah. we, we got our great balance of it all. But, You're just throwing it in there, just so yeah. I was well, just so I wasn't like. Some, I had inside outside. That that son of a bitch was on the couch all day long. <laughs> no, we had a great time, and yeah. uh, you know, like you you look for it. Those are those are the cool things you remember, and so I think that uh, Nintendo kind of missed the mark on that one a little bit. Like I think they, so. I mean, they, granted, they're selling phenomenally right now, but they could have released double the amount of units right before Christmas. Oh yeah, if they were on the ball, and they would have sold them right out. Yeah, I wonder why. Because it didn't seem like they were having hardware issues. They, I mean, nope. they didn't have like any kind of problems as far as like getting a distributor. They were they were dealing yeah. pretty much with Nvidia. Yeah. And this was going to be like a, a proprietary machine, like through and through, right? There were there were no outside companies other than Nvidia yeah. helping them out. Nintendo's just always taking their time, um, and not mm. always not always in a good way necessarily. But they yeah. always just like this is when we're releasing it, and we don't give a shit what you think. And even like an awkward machine too, right? When it comes down to like the DS, like where does the 3DS sit now? Like, do we bother even buying one ever? Uh, I mean, me teaching at schools, I still see a lot of the kids having that system. Yeah. You know, and enjoying it. But will they not just have the Switch now? Shove that shit in the backpack. Yeah. Right. But you're right. That's that's kind of the point is that it's the dual machine right now. So it's expensive though right now too. So I mean, some yeah, it's four hundred bucks right now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Shit, man. I mean, that's a hopefully does well. I I like Nintendo. I've always wanted to see a new NES. I was really hoping, like, when we didn't know what the name was, like the NX, that maybe we're gonna see it being called the Nintendo Entertainment System again. Like we didn't know what it was, and yeah. then the dual or the screen thing came out where they had like a leak that is oh it's a screen and it's gonna be portable and a and a yeah. home console blah blah blah. And then I was kind of I don't know I felt a little bit choked. I was really looking forward to a cartridge based NES. And the fact that they did go back to cartridges and they're tiny, they're just really small little cartridges, yeah. right? Um, but it's kind of cool the way they went back to those mm-hmm. too. Um, well, I mean, it's no bigger than like a like a memory chip, real yeah. memory stick, really, right? Really tiny, like an SD card. You know, just small enough for kids to lose, and then they have to buy another one. Exactly, that <laughs> could be part of the gimmick, right? <laughs> Mom, I don't know where Breath of the Wild is. Yeah. Where'd you put it last? Fucking school, I don't know. It's like, oh shit. Oh, well, well yeah. you know, see your pennies. I'm not buying a new sixty dollar Breath of the Wild. Exactly. Size of my goddamn thumbnail. Yeah. Brutal, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, that was that was uh, pretty much my my looking forward to too was the. Was Nintendo Switch? So you kind of covered me over there. I got another looking forward to. What you got? That I just got the other day, and I don't know if you're the same. I mean, uh, in talking with Luke the other day, he's kind of like, eh, "I don't give a shit. She, she's fucking old. I don't care." <laughs> well, Any idea what I could be talking about? Well, it's gonna be uh, Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia. Yeah, you know, like that was. I'm totally okay with that. I'm so happy with that. Um, and it's footage. It's not like they're gonna recreate it with CG. No, and that's mind you, I wouldn't have minded that either, as well as they did with like Rogue One, like. Anybody who bitched about Tarkin, like, shut up. Well, not only that, uh, there's a really cool story. I'm not sure if you heard this one, but uh, Hmm. Carrie Fisher, they actually showed her Rogue One before she passed. Yeah. And so when she was watching and she's looking at this footage. (laughs) Oh, my God. Was she surprised by the reveal? Well, when she saw it, I think she knew that uh, 
there you know there was something of it in there mm-hmm. um she's like where did you get this she's like what footage is this she thought it was old footage like yeah. quite literally she was she was adamant she's like no she's like when did we take this one and she's like really puzzled when did we record that and yeah. they're like no that's this is the standalone uh stand in double and the girl that they had uh, as her um she, you know, she looks fair amount like her, and then they just, you know, changed up the features. Well, and even such. the the Tarkin, the actor they got, yes, like he doesn't he doesn't look like a young uh, Peter Cushing, but mm-hmm. I mean, like he looks enough, and you know, CG magic, man. Like I mean, they really their mocap is top yeah. notch now, so they really nailed it. But um, yeah, I was watching that uh, like not too long ago, again, like on the the Blu-ray there, yeah, and it just looks really tight, like it's got a mm-hmm. good sharp look to it. See, and uh, the fact that she's going to be in uh, episode nine, yeah, uh, that means the world to me just because. Well, she closes out her story. And, and that's it. It's all about the story. I mean, it, they'll be able to tell the story. Like, they might have to, some limitations. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure they will. But I want them to have um, that experience that we're all after. You know, like what they're imagining. I want to be able to see it. Yeah. Okay. In, in the way that they would have liked to have imagined it. Not saying, oh, geez, what are we going to do now? Give give Carrie Walker her Paul Walker or Carrie Fisher her Paul Walker moment. Like we got that. I mean, I'm not a huge huge Fast and the Furious fan, but like I was really. I'm not at all. Yeah, I'm like you know what they they, they gave the guy his moment. Like they they turned him into a bit of a superhero. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit unrealistic sometimes. Yeah. But like still, like you got a guy who's passed on and he's not done shooting. You bring in all the the you 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 bring in all the players who can make it happen. You get mm-hmm. his brothers. You get all the CG guys out there who can put that shit together. And they give him his moment. And they send him off. Do that with Leia. Like, we should get her proper send-off. Yeah. And then close out episode nine, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. All these other people, they're like, oh, she's old. She's not hot. Like, who gives a shit, man? She that was like 30 years point, ago. Man. Like, yeah. she's supposed to be like a 60 Everybody was like, well, now. you know, she got fat. I'm like, have you fucking seen the troll Mark Hamill? Yeah. I mean, I still love the shit out of that guy, but like, that guy does not look like he's supposed to look. Yeah. See him in the Flash? Yeah. When he's playing Trickster again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the dude does not look well, but still, it's Mark Hamill, so I'm cheering for him. Exactly. You know, like, it's, you know, as much as people, like, say all the time, it's like, oh, it's my childhood. Well, you know, it kind of is, you know, and... Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I fucking hate that that you rape my childhood. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't like saying that, but I, what I do like saying is, you know, like, when you... When, I'm okay with when I watch some of these things, which... You know, when I saw like Rogue One and even The Force Awakens, mm-hmm. it brought me back to my childhood. That's yep. not that's not bad. You know, like when all these people are saying, oh, you're ruining my childhood. Go fuck yourself, first yeah, of all. Your childhood's over. Yeah. Like, but if it reminds you and takes you to a place of your childhood, then that's okay. Yeah, that's cool, man. Otherwise, just shut the fuck up. Man, I love the hell out of Rogue One, though. Yeah. That, that was what I wanted from Force Awakens. Yeah. Yeah. You, you liked it better? I liked it way better. Um, and I loved Force Awakens. Like, I love them both. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that they're both very different for very different purposes. I loved every th- all The choices that they make in Road One, Rogue One, though, yeah. were just phenomenal. Like, to the point of, like, you got that, uh, you know, the sun off in the distance at the very end. And yep. you got, you know, basically it looks like a nuke hitting. It, it visually looked different than a Star Wars movie yeah. and looked exactly like a Star Wars movie. Yeah. And the fact that you you know you kill off everyone, yeah, and you really so let great. us know that yes, a lot of you know when they use the line, you know, a lot of good people died to get us this information. Well, that, we that's really the one that I always that. fucked up. And old Kevin Martin, if he's listening, knows that that's when I always fucked up. I always it was the many Bothans thing, right? Many Bothans died to bring this information to us, and I, I'm always like, well, those are the Bothans, right? And it's like, why does everybody fucking think these ah. are the Bothans, not them? This is this is a team that stumbles upon the Death Star plans. Yeah, yeah, but no, I mean they they really do. Like it felt like it brings weight to when they know that people didn't make it out to show us how to destroy this thing. Exactly. Yeah, it, and and again, it did a better job than Episode Three did tying in the the last movie, the first movie. Mm-hmm. 
So like when you see that like that whole Vader cutting everybody down, the ship leaves. That dude did a cut on YouTube mm. of the next scene where it's them boarding the uh, the Danative, right? Yeah, and it looks really good. It makes you feel like, oh shit, that really just it just happened. I just, I mean, there's there's so many really good choices, even ones that they didn't make until the last bit with Rogue One, where you know, like even uh, where Vader's in uh, what what's the unit that he, the that he's got to stay in? Um, what do you mean? It's like the water tank when he's on. Oh, his, the back to tank. Yeah. yeah. So when he's in that tank, you know, like that shows us that like he's very limited in certain things like mm-hmm. you know if he, if he wants to stay remotely well yeah he's got to be taking you know that's his reality like how messed up is he yeah remember like way 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 back when when they were doing episode one i think on the special features of phantom menace lucas talks about how we've only ever seen old men fight robots or half robots yeah that's why you never saw them move around the way they did whereas now i can show you young jedi mm-hmm. well really i mean i think that shows it that he wasn't just an old man fighting a cyborg like he's really messed up under there yeah yeah. And then again, like that's gonna that's gonna like narrate the way he moves now, right? I mean, the, how hurt he is, how the suit doesn't work really, the way mm-hmm. his body worked. Now he's at a new way where he's like a force of nature rather than a ninja. Well, and they they showed something that I think was really key um, in this, in that you know, like in in the episodes one, two, and three, when Lucas went haywire and just wanted to see everything ridiculously fast and you know, like full of CGI, mm-hmm. and you got a guy like Darth Maul who's exceptional with his saber skills and all that stuff. I'm like. I always kind of thought, okay, well, you know, when you see Darth Vader in the other movies, like, Darth Maul looks like he is pretty much the man. Yeah. But then when you see Rogue One and you see Vader coming through at the end and he just starts tearing people in the he's way he uses death. the Force. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. Like, he's got a power that I'm sorry, yeah. Darth Maul, you can't touch. No, he is he is walking <laughs> death. It's like, oh, man, that's death just walking towards us. And yeah, he's just the sheer power, and rage, and destruction. Like, Fear. Fear is our ally. Like, he comes in and everybody's automatically terrified. Yeah. Lightsaber comes on, that weird black smoke shows up. And like, oh, he's just going to murder everybody. Yeah. That yeah. one dude who's who's trying to get the, the, plans, the plans through the through door. The door. <laughs> and then you see a lightsaber go through him, through a door, and it kind of spooks the other guy. Yeah. Like, that's fucking terrific, and man. And that's, that, honestly, um, you know, that's that's something that I think everyone needed to see just to yeah. show how dark this guy is. I've uh, I've always, for whatever reason, like I didn't as a kid love horror movies. I yeah. kind of grew into them. But even as a little kid, I love Jason from Friday the 13th. Well, because he doesn't speak. He's just power and, you know, yeah. he walks through. And, and like, he's righteous. Doesn't kill kids. Doesn't kill animals. Mm-hmm. Like he's got like a purpose to him. Yeah. That's what I felt like Vader was in that scene. Those kids were the kids. Those those people on the ship were the kids from Camp Crystal Lake. Yeah. And Vader was just <laughs> fucking Jason. Just that machete is out and it's just thudding bodies against all sorts of crap. Yeah. Like it felt felt really good. I mean, as viewers, we we already know the ending. Yeah, it's yeah, just exactly. a matter of us seeing it. And so seeing when it, yeah. we, you know, as we're waiting for us to see it, it's like, oh shit, that guy don't stand a chance. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, we kind of hit all the the looking forwards to, even though you didn't have looking forwards to. You, I've always got looking forwards to. Like I am so stoked for oh, episode eight. And I didn't just, hit my low though. Oh, what's your low? Uh, my low was that we're. I mean, I kind of saw it coming. Like I mean, I think we all really saw it coming. How bad Terminator Genesis was that we weren't gonna get a <laughs> we weren't gonna get a Conan, like a, a Legend of Conan. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. But um, the Legend like, of Conan, that one, I'm. I just saw that the other day, and I, was, I I'm actually upset for because I. I it sounded like Schwarzenegger's pumped about it, and it well, sounded like it could have been okay. He's still up and down about it. Most people, I think, we're looking at. We are as close to hundred percent dead. That that movie being dead yeah. as you can get, like ninety nine point nine to infinity, right? But I mean, he talked to the writer who was um, what's his name here, Eric Davis, who still says as of like last week that the Schwarzenegger is hopeful it's going to happen. Yeah, I was always worried that the success, if Terminator Genesis was successful, 
we wouldn't see a Conan sequel because he'd be too busy doing all these movies, right? Mm-hmm. But now it seems like that movie sucked so hard that everybody's like, nah, it's done. Fuck it, it's finished. See, and I had mixed feelings about that feeling when I first started watching it. Like, uh, it felt, you know, just a roller co- coaster of emotions when I was watching Genesis. Like, yeah. th- there's parts where I'm like, actually, this is pretty cool. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, that's stupid. Yeah, I mean, like, I thought most of it was stupid. Like, I'm, I'm not to... Not to knock on anything that anybody else felt about it, whatever. Yeah. But my personal feeling was after the initial scene when when he takes down the young him, yeah, the younger younger Arnold, I was like, oh, the rest of this is dumb, and I'm out. Like I was pretty much out right away. Well, because it, it takes away from everything that we believed from that very first movie. Yeah. Um. You know, like they created such an amazing thing when they first Terminator One and Two. Yeah. Were were just very well written, really great. Um. You know, you know, it, it's background to well, everything they were we believe epic, in. Mike. <laughs> they were epic movies. Epic. They were like, epic. Not, not like a walk around the block. Epic not a movie. walk around the park epic on, you know, a nice sun sunset Sunday night, Edmonton. Walking the dog. Legitimately walking the dog. They were epic movies. They were really fucking good. Yeah, and then uh, when you get some of these writers coming in trying to be new and then they tear everything down that you believed in a series before or, yeah. you know, whatever it might be. And, you know, it. It uh, I think it's disrespectful to a lot of the people that uh, wrote, not just wrote it, but to the people that have fallen in love with those series before. And if you can't make it better, yeah, don't touch it. Just leave it alone, man. Yeah. What that that was my beef with the Ghostbusters reboot. Oh, I just yeah, that was my biggest problem. I didn't I didn't care that they were all women. I yeah. had no problem with that. I just felt like the franchise didn't get the respect from this new movie that it should have gotten. I agree. And I I while I do know that it is uh, you know, in keeping up with uh, Dan Aykroyd's vision in parallel universes and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I get all that. Um, I enjoyed it, but I, I, it doesn't mean that I didn't have mixed mixed feelings about it for sure. Like there's some things that uh, when it was written and when I'm watching it, um, you kind of wondered like, you know, Paul Fig. Yeah. Writer, director. Writer, director. Paul Fig. Um you know, like, yeah, you've got some talent for sure. Like, there's some of those lady shows that, you know, you, you, you do really well with. Well, let's, I mean, like, I'm not going to discount the guy altogether. Ghostbusters fucking sucked. Yeah. His, his movie, Ghostbusters, was garbage. But I really enjoyed Spy. Okay. I thought Spy was hilarious, man. And I didn't see that one. I heard decent yeah. reviews about it, though. Because Melissa McCarthy is genuinely funny. You know what? And I did not, and I think we discussed this before in uh, the, uh, the the now defunct episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but um, the last but, time you were here, the episode yeah, audio was shit. Much exactly. like the earlier part, you're you're a jinx, man. You fucking jinx the mic every time. It's me. I love you, Mike. I love you like a brother from another mother. But the mic just didn't like you. For a it likes us time. now. It does now. We're good now. Um, no, but yeah, Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, I fucking hated her up mm-hmm. until um, I saw her in the movie with Bill Murray, Vin- uh, Saint Vincent. Yeah, again, she was fucking awesome in that movie. Well, and they played well off of each other. Uh, yeah. She was good, honest character. She had funny parts. She had very good timing. And so I'm like, huh, she's actually got some decent skill to her for sure. Have you seen The Heat? I hated it. Really? Although I'd revisit it again because yeah. that's when I was hating her. Yeah, well, you should, man. Because, I mean, like, I thought she was the, I mean, obviously it's her role, it's her movie. Yeah. She was the highlight. I, I really enjoyed her in that. So I, and, and I actually, uh, I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but I actually added it back to my list because I wanted to give it a revisit. Yeah. Because, like I said, it's when I hated her that I, you know, have that memory of hating yeah, man. it. She ain't Amy Schumer. She doesn't deserve the hate. Like, she no. doesn't have that shit coming. But I like, um, I, I did like, I didn't mind that Bridesmaids one. Like, I found that there was some decent humor in that. Yeah. Uh, I think that she was probably the funny, one of the funniest ones in that one for sure. Just, I, uh, her my only, was, I mean, I know a lot of people are, that's polarizing. They love it or they hate it. Yeah. 
I look at it objectively and think that movie desperately needed an editor, like a much better editor. Oh, you mean like Carrie Fisher? <laughs> yeah, maybe get her <laughs> in there. Like get Carrie Fisher in there and she cut was like the Hollywood uh, script doctor. Sk- for a reason, exactly. Right? Get her to cut a half an hour out of that, and that's yeah. probably a funny movie. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's a half an hour of just like dead air. Like there's no mic on, and it's just we're watching people stand in a room waiting yeah. for somebody to turn the mic on. No, there there's some parts in that movie I genuinely laughed. Like I'm like, oh yeah, that's pretty funny. I agree because I could see. Uh, you know, some lady friends being in certain situations, uh, such as they were. Yeah. Um, so, at, at any rate, it's at that point when I actually started appreciating her as an actress quite a bit more. Mm-hmm. And I think that, uh, you know, for myself, uh, I, I discounted her before and probably didn't have much reason to. Yeah, uh, but you, know, <laughs> you get influenced by what you hear and what you think is going to happen yeah. with her character. So but yeah. then you see a movie like St. Vincent who, you know, like, you know, Bill Murray. Like, obviously, that dude is just one of my all-time favorites. Bill Murray can do no wrong. Yeah. And so something like that, it's, you know, and he's, but also he's one of those guys that uh, had raved about her too and saying she's, you know, she is awesome. She's yeah. one of the funniest ladies uh, on the planet. Yeah, man. And no, so she's really good. Guy like Bill Murray says that generally you kind of listen, mm-hmm. um, you know, much in the same way that he was very much against a lot of these other Ghostbuster talks and such and mm-hmm. uh, was kind of downplaying them. And, you know, granted he said that this last one was, uh, was good. Um, I like I said, I didn't mind it so much. I I enjoyed certainly parts with not without flaws though. But yeah, again, like I think it just it just needs another get, get an editor in there, get somebody to like cut out the shit and put some of the other. I would like to see the outtakes, see yeah. what they cut out of that thing, because there's a lot of stuff in there that was stupid and a lot of stuff was good. Honestly, what I'd like to see for the Ghostbusters franchise, um, and I'm sure all the people that are listening out there would uh, potentially agree or disagree with me, but um, I would love to see. And uh, you know a nice hour-long TV series of Ghostbusters, where you get someone like uh, you, you get Dan Aykroyd and you know <laughs> those who are still alive, yeah, uh, kind of pa- doing the passing of the torch thing, and then you get a weekly series that has that little bit of uh, comedy to it, yeah. Uh, but also, I want to see that uh, little bit of um, you know tension and horror to it as well, and just like what really they did good. with uh, Ash versus Evil Dead. Yeah, yeah. I'll, give give me that. Yep. Like, make it a little bit weird and make it a little bit goofy. Give me a bunch of goofy characters, yep. but give me, like, cool-looking, practical effects and scary-looking monsters and shit, and I'll be happy. And you, you get really good writing, and, I mean, you could get, like, eight seasons going, kind of like, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer sort of thing, although the eighth season was in the comics, so, but well, you know, I don't, even, I don't even really need that. Like, I, I would like to see the way they do things with British shows. Like, give me, like, I don't know, like a 12-episode or a 10-episode season. Yep. You know, just nothing great. But, what yeah. Netflix does it. They're doing it now, right? Give me like these short eight episode seasons, like Stranger Things. Eight episodes are oh, fucking awesome. That was right? so good. But that's what might that what that's what what might happen with uh, Conan, where you might get a TV series instead. Okay. And yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind. I had no problem with Jason Momoa as Conan. I thought that movie is just garbage, right? <laughs> I didn't see it. Yeah, I mean, he was he did his best to play Conan, and he actually played a good Conan. It's just that movie happened to have everything else wrong with it. Like the rest of it was garbage. Yeah, I was excited to see it. And then I talked to you and Luke, and you guys said, don't. Yeah, I mean, if you want to see, like, Conan walking around being Conan the Barbarian while everybody else is really just hamming it up, hardcore, enough to, like, frustrate you with this shitty fucking movie, it's, yeah, that's that's what you're going to get out of it. Hmm. But otherwise, it was pretty good. Well, Mikey Mike. Save a save. We had a, a pretty good run there, pal. That's all right. Yeah. Just fun talking. It'd be good to get you back for a few more of these. This was our, our comeback episode, so obviously we didn't get all the guys back here. Old Luke is hammering away in his basement, building that thing up. Uh, Dan, I believe, had something else going on today as well. Mm-hmm. So that's why we couldn't uh, couldn't get you in on a big table. That's all right. But, but um, it's, it's fun just doing more, the man. one-on-one talking. So yeah, man. Okay. This is just a couple guys rapping. Mm-hmm. Rapping, chatting, popping and locking. Uh, I want to thank my guest today, 
Mike off the grid. Uh, he has no handle. He has no Twitter. He has no Instagram. He has no Facebook. He has a family and a job. So he hasn't got time for your internets. I can't even tell my students about this. I'd probably get in trouble. You probably will get in trouble. I will personally drop a postcard on each one of their desks between every class and make sure they all get a BSFW postcard. You get a lot of viewers, I will guarantee. Like, there's 700 kids in my school. What you should do is just walk into your classroom and have it on the board. Like, get in there early. Get in there like 5 a.m. and write on the board, bsfwpodcast.com. Or, or our Twitter or our email at BSFW Podcast. Yeah. Viewership would be, you know, like, yeah. It, and it, then it, just run in and erase it before it, anybody else sees it. Exactly. Yeah. Don't, yeah, yeah don't kids, tell your get your phones dad. out. Get your phones out. Take a photo. I'm going to leave the room. Plausible deniability. And when you take a photo of that, I'm going to come back in the room. I'm not sure if you're going to